People call Dr. Gabo Mate the people whisperer. Legendary thinker and best-selling author. He's highly sought after for his expertise on addiction, stress, and childhood development. It does. Uh, there was a CDC report on youth mental health recently, uh, yeah, yeah. Center for Disease Control, and it said that it had a lot of really painful statistics, but one of them was that about one in three American teenage girls um, seriously considered committing suicide yeah. in 2021, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, what do you think is going on? Is it that we've lost touch with our own uh, ability to have a sense of self that is independent of that world? And we also have young people now six to seven hours a day on social media. Um, but it's also hard just to blame any one entity. So I'm curious, what do you see happening in our world right now, particularly with young people? I think the social media reinforces the despair, but I don't think it's the cause of it. Um, so for the cause of it, and again, we have to throw out these genetic explanations mm -hmm. of mental illness, because if it's the genetic, why are they rising? Genes don't change in 10 years. What's going on? Mm -hmm. If more kids are, and there's this big mystery, both the New York Times and the New Yorker had articles in the last year about the mysterious rise in childhood suicides. There's nothing mysterious about it. It's about despair. Yeah. But where does the despair come from? Yeah. Well, human children are born with certain irreducible needs and again, <laughs> what's, what's the word here? Uh, conflict of interest. I'm pushing my book, The Myth of Normal, okay? Because it's got a chapter. <laughs> it's got a chapter on children's irreducible needs. Think of it this way. Our lungs don't expect oxygen. Our lungs are an expectation for oxygen. If there wasn't oxygen in the Earth's atmosphere, we'd have no lungs. So it's not just that our lungs expect oxygen, they are an expectation for it. Mm -hmm. It's not a thought original to me, but I think it's a very... Uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I didn't think of it, it's a really good thought, okay? <laughs> uh, it comes from uh, the wonderful book, The Continuum Concept by Jean Love. Wonderful book. So our lungs are an expectation for oxygen. The human child is also an expectation. Mm doesn't expect things, is an expectation of things. Wouldn't have evolved without those conditions being present any more than lungs would have evolved. A human child is an expectation, certain needs that if they're met, that child would be fine. If they're not, there's going to be despair. Number one, a powerful, strong attachment relationship in which the child feels welcomed and accepted and seen and heard and enjoyed absolute need of the human infant. Mm. That's the first one. The second one is what a psychologist friend of mine calls rest. Rest means that the child shouldn't have to work to make the relationship work. They mm. shouldn't have to be compliant, cute, smart, pretty, um, successful, anything. Nor should they have to try to reduce the parents' stresses by suppressing their own needs, which happens in a lot of families. So rest. The child shouldn't have to work to make the relationship work. That's the second irreducible need.
The third one is the freedom, encouragement to experience and have validated all their emotions. We're wired for them. One of them is anger. We're wired for anger. Good thing too. When somebody enters your space, get out! It's healthy anger. Without that, where in nature would you live? If, if you, human beings evolved out in nature. So that's one. Love or caring is another, because without that, the vulnerable don't get taken care of. And we're all vulnerable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Panic, fear, uh, play. Mm-hmm. Play is essential. Mm. Play is much more important for brain development than academic learning, by the way. <laughs> All animals play for a good reason. That's how they develop. Curiosity, seeking. Well, the child is a need. That's the third irreducible need, is to experience all these emotions when they're appropriate and they haven't validated. Mm-hmm. In our culture, so many of these are completely suppressed. Mm-hmm. The fourth need of the child is spontaneous free play out in nature. Hmm. Okay? Now these are the irreducible needs of children. Now just go through all those four, you'll find two things about them. One is, when you study Aboriginal hunter-gatherer societies, they're exactly what's provided. Hmm. And that's how we evolved for millions of years. Hmm. And the second thing you'll find about them, try and find them with a magnifying glass in this culture. How many kids get those needs met? Because of the way we are taught to parent, the way that parents are stressed. When parents are stressed, they don't have the patience for their kids. When parents are told that when your kid is angry, give them a time out. There's a very famous Canadian psychologist, but who says in his mega-selling book, an angry child should be made to sit by themselves until they come back to normal. In other words, anger is not normal in a young child. Well, the message the child gets is, if I'm, I can be loved or I can be angry, but I can't be both. I'm going to suppress my anger. And that's a template for depression. What do you call it, by the way? What, what's the word depression means? It means to push something down. What gets pushed down in depression? Your emotions. Why do you push them down? Because your parents couldn't accept them. So I'm saying that this anxiety, this despair, is because of this society is more and more toxic and less and less capable of meeting our children's needs. There's nothing surprising or mysterious about the rate of childhood suicides going up, depression going up, ADHD going up, anxiety going up, and so on and so forth. It's just what you'd expect given this, the conditions in this culture. Yeah. And do you see any um, shifting of that? Do you see any hope that there's, there's, there, there's a potential shift in, that, in that, uh, that kind of cultural structuring? Well, um, well, Noam Chomsky was once asked if he's a pessimist or an optimist, and uh, he said, uh, strategically I'm an optimist and tactically I'm a pessimist. <laughs> uh, uh, which means that, and I'm, I'm with him kind of, in the long term, 
I'm very optimistic. Mm -hmm. In the short term, I think things are getting worse, more difficult for more people. Now, as we alluded to earlier, as a result of things getting more difficult, also more people are waking up. Yeah. So that I, I do see hope in that. And yeah, so the most difficult things in your life are also the kindest things. Mm. There's a part of you that will create difficulties to lead you back to yourself. Mm. And I've certainly seen, I don't recommend illness, physical or mental, as a way of waking up, but the fact is they can function that way. Yeah. And I think the same thing is true of a society. Yeah. So that some of the most difficult things that are going on right now in this culture are also the things that are waking up more and more people. Yeah, so sure. I do have hope in that. I do have faith that people will wake up yeah. and more and more people are, even as things get more difficult. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for watching. You can get my book, The Myth of Normal, in hardcover, audio, or ebook by clicking the link below in the description. And thanks again.